PlayStation. I'm chained. Hello everyone and welcome to PlayStation Unchained. I'm your host Chili as we talk about news, reviews, guides and all that good stuff over on PSU.com. Go check out PlaysUniverse.com right now. Go on, check it. We can wait a minute. Do, 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 Anyway, joining me as always is Gary. Hey Gary. Hello Benjamin. How, how was your week? My week has been good and bad at the same time, but mostly good. Same. It's been an interesting week. Like, um, by the way, sorry for no podcast last week. I was really exhausted. And then luckily I rested because like Monday night, Tuesday morning, I woke up and I couldn't hear anything in my right ear. My right ear was completely blocked and painful for like two days. So Ooh, you have an ear infection? I don't know. I, I just kind of left it alone hoped it healed itself hmm. but anyway it was gone after a few days so luckily it wasn't too bad but yeah but it was it was not not a good time i was i would say i wasn't walking straight by already have a bad balance so I, it kind of balanced itself out like having a bad balance plus ear, ear balance i kind of walked straight for once no <laughs> <laughs> like, problem come back i need to walk straight ah <laughs> <sighs> So, so what you been up? What have you been up to, Gary? Um, don't talk about the thing. This. Uh, a bit of fun stuff, um, but mostly um, review stuff and preview stuff, which I'm sure we'll we'll talk about here in a little bit. But I haven't really had as much time to get into the things I want to play. Um, not that I don't want to play the games that I'm reviewing, um, but I, I, I mean, recently really found my stride in Wayfinder because I can actually get into it now. I don't have to wait like six hours to get into a session. <laughs> um, so I've really been enjoying that and it sucks because like once you get into the groove of it, you know, and then you, you're taken away from it to, to focus on something else. It's kind of annoying because then that's like all you think about. It's like, oh, I want to just go back and play that. Um, but yeah, outside of that, uh, I finished my Boulder's Gate 3 review, which got posted uh, last week. Or was it the week before? Ooh. I don't remember now. Well, I'm going to go see what it is, because it's better be a 9. A 9? <laughs> well, you'll be disappointed, man. <laughs> is it a 10? I gave it a 10, yeah. Oh, it's even better. That's I don't nice. really give 10, so if, I've had a, few, I had a few issues at the start, so I don't think I would have given it a 10. I would have probably given it a 9 to 9.5 from my experience. Yeah, but... My experience, I, I even mentioned this to you when I said I'm glad I'm, I haven't had any of these issues. Um, yeah. It's Act 3 where I started to run into some issues, like the, the voice lines not being dialogue, a lot of frame rate issues. Act 3 is definitely the yeah the one that felt rushed. Um, but recently, uh, I know they've patched a lot of stuff into it um, to, to make it a, a lot better. Like, and if they patched it like the second day, but if they hadn't, I I would have had to give like a six for the audio issue I had. Like, yeah. I've, like the audio issue where you had 3D audio on because I play with headphones because I've been stream I stream Baldur's Gate three. Go check out Twitch.tv and Google Radio for my streams. 
Um, so I play with headphones, so I'd make sure there's no feedback. And if you had the, the 3D audio on, it would then randomly cut the music completely, and you have to you had to physically just quit the game. You couldn't just reload a save; you had to completely quit the game and reload it. So, and I, and I had that like five times in a row at the start of the game. Uh, apart from that, not really probably, any that's big probably bugs. Probably why I didn't run into that issue until later because I yeah. didn't play with headphones. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like it was a headphone issue that was causing it. Yeah. So, well, yeah, it was it was a 3D audio that was causing the issue. Yeah. So, if you had, I guess, if you had 3D audio speakers or whatever, but on most people would be headphones. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, that's what I that and yeah. So far, I'm enjoying it. It's a good game, but everyone keeps coming yeah, I, to the stream, going, "Chili, I like watching your stream because you play this game like nobody else." I'm like, "Is that good?" Does, does I mean, that... <laughs> it's hard to really look at it and say you play it like nobody else because that game is designed <laughs> to be played completely yeah. different from everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, is that's like normal, right? Yeah, like it, it's literally designed for you to play however the fuck you want to play. And that's the right. beauty of that game. It's it's a D&D experience. You can do whatever the fuck you want, however you want to do it. Um, At some point, we're going to have to schedule a co-op screen, uh, team because I want to play uh, some with you. At some point... Is, is is fun. Like, you, you have to play uh, in the, the person's yeah. holding the session of the game. So yeah. all the cutscenes are through their character's point of view. But it's cool because when dialogue no, I've, options I've, appear... I've, I think you can start the dialogue yourself. Oh, from what I was watching, because um, I was watching Tim and my other friend playing co-op yeah. while I was playing my game for review, um, it was Tim's game that was going, but yeah. my friend was in his world as one of his party members, yeah. and during the dialogue choices, like he can... It becomes essentially yeah, like but a vote... Y- I think you can go talk to the NPC and start the dialogue yourself as well. Because I have seen a few people do it on. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. I don't mean that the the whole game. It's not your gameplay. It's not your playthrough. But Mm. if you you jump into someone else's playthrough, you can go talk to an NPC and then you will. you, You yourself have the dialogue. You don't talk to the NPC and then suddenly Tim is in. A dialogue <laughs> yeah <laughs> tim is in combat cool. and you talk to an npc can... and then tim's like oh guess i gotta go now <laughs> yeah because yeah, you can vote on what dialogue choices to yeah make, which i think is, is pretty cool i'm kind of sad that they don't have twitch integration like the pc version because if you're streaming it you can actually turn it on so that the chat can also vote for your dialogue oh not yet maybe when the crossplay yeah. comes in then it'll be hopefully but uh, also has a feature where people can view your gear and your quests via Twitch. Yeah. It's nice. It's pretty cool. Hopefully one day. But that's why I would probably give it a 9 because so far it's been really good. But 10, that's a good review. No, I like I said, I, I really, really love it. But you're not a halfling, so that's a 7. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and nah. the fact that the first thing I focused on the entire... I didn't even care about the main story. The first thing was curing uh the the fire demon chick of her robotic heart just so i can have sex with her <laughs> <laughs> that was my whole goal <laughs> uh-huh. because otherwise you'll burn to death trying to challenge accepted 
But joining us this week is Alfonso. Hey, Alfonso. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry to listeners for being gone for two weeks, dealing with family emergencies and birthday celebrations. But I am back. It's good to be back. I'm okay. Um, not not much has changed besides, you know, a new age, which sucks. I'm now 35, and I feel like I'm 55 because the bones are not like they used to be when I was 20s, in my 20s. But um, besides that, the only thing I've really been playing is the new 2K from NBA, um, back and forth with Far Cry 6. I said, really? That's cool. Um, actually, I just want to make sure this is recording. Can you talk again? I'm scared now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, good. <laughs> Look, I had a Windows update. I forgot to check after the Windows update because you never know with Windows update. Sometimes they yeah. can be screwy. It's working fine. Okay. Well, we had a special something something this week with a PlayStation State of Play. Ooh. Now, we can get down to a minute because the thing I care about more is Tomb Raider 1 to 3 has been remastered. Yes, the, the, the best Tomb Raiders with the best Lara Croft has been remastered. And it'll be coming up February 2024. Um, it's actually only like £24 as well. It comes with all the additional content that I don't think I've ever played before. Tomb Raider Unfinished Business, The Golden Mask, and The Last Artifact. Um, I'm not sure if I like the graphics that much. Something about the Masimov. But I am excited to play Tomb Raider again. Gary. Yeah, this was... Uh... Actually, really cool news. Uh, it came out at the Nintendo Direct that happened the same day as the State of Play, which is pretty wild. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was great. I'm actually really excited about it. I actually thought the graphics looked pretty good because, you know, it's not a remake. It's just a remaster. Um, my only concern a... with it... <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. Okay. My issue is Lara... I'm not a big fan of the... the, the, the... She doesn't look great smoothed out. And well, also, the the dinosaur looks a bit like the Toy Story dinosaur. Well, hey, good news. You can switch the uh, graphics option to still play all pixelated. <laughs> yes. Because it does have it. I, I will pay money if I could pay... For, no, but if I, I would pay money if I could pay to play as pixelated Lara in Smooth World. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. Of course you would. Uh, uh, that's no, my uh, my only concern with it is that Aspire is making it, and it wouldn't have been a problem for me, but it, it's now a problem because they are the, also the ones that remastered Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2 on the Switch, and the problem is Knights of the Old Republic 2 is unfinishable. You can't finish the game because there's a bug in the game that to this day they still haven't fixed because they don't know how to fix it. Um, and if they can't fix that problem, I I, I worry for this. Um, and I hope it, this doesn't have the same issue, but Aspire was also doing the Knights of the Old Republic full-on remake for PlayStation, the exclusive PlayStation remake of KOTOR. Um, and that's in development hell now, from what rumors are saying. 
Um, so that's my only concern is I, 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 I'm not so sure they might be the best developer to do this at this particular moment, but I'm still happy it's coming nonetheless. And I hope obviously they prove me wrong and this my, will be one of the better remasters. My main worry is it's coming out in February. <laughs> the, the new October, right? <laughs> yeah. Fe February, at least for RPGs, is a February. Yeah, February is a disaster month if you're releasing an RPG. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for specific reasons, but we'll get to that in a bit. Alfonso. I'm okay with this for the simple fact that it's not the rebooted Tomb Raider. Because I hate that. I hate, well, I hate those games of this franchise. But I'm all for this. And this will be a day one for me. I do agree. I do not like that it's coming out in February. Like February last couple of years has been the month that all games need to come out in and i february is just too overpopulated but i'm still will get it still plan to get it wait i'm looking at february's release date and one of them i thought was already out but i guess got delayed again maybe like suicide squad killed the justice league is february is that true no it that doesn't have a release date it just got straight up delayed out of the, okay, well, out this of the website year. has it listed as February, so... Uh, that's probably not. I think it's just a placeholder. Okay, good, because, yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know that was February. If it's February, well, congratulations, we've leaked it by accident from a different website. <laughs> and it's going to die faster than it would have when it, if it were released originally. Yeah, because February is also Helldivers... <laughs> well, we'll, I'll bring up Helldivers 2, they showed off a gameplay footage. The gameplay footage look okay. Gameplay footage looked good. Everything else was horrendous. <laughs> Alfonso. Um, I haven't seen this. So I can't really okay. comment on this, but yeah, I, I'll have to see it to figure. Uh, do you do you remember the original uh, Destiny One announcement where they yeah. did a strike and then they had p players do a pay by play as they were doing the the gameplay trailer. Yes. I remember that. Now imagine that in 2023. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's not a game to get. <laughs> the, game is, the game itself looked great. Everything else, not so great. Yeah, Gary. that's still not a game to get. If everything yeah. else is not, if everything yeah. else is all not as shit. Yeah. 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 Gary. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I actually think Helldivers 2 looks pretty fun. Um, yeah. I wasn't the biggest fan of the first Helldivers, um, but this one looks a lot of fun. It looks like Starship Troopers, you know, it's it's like the dream Starship Troopers game I always wanted. Um, but you know, Ben, I think the problem with having these narrated gameplay demonstrations is the fact that you know nobody talks like they do when they're playing games. <laughs> And yeah, nobody goes, go it. to it's squad A to B, to, to squad, shoot, shoot the thing. Oh, no, I'm behind them. Yeah, it, it, it's so scripted. It's like watching people play video games on like a TV show and they're just like pushing every button at the same time. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, no, it's the no, same no, thing. <laughs> instead um, of being, haha, you died. Yeah, it just doesn't feel natural or fun. It feels scripted. And I think that. It, it, it makes actual people who play games, gamers, I, I hate the term gamers, but it makes gamers, like, feel stupid, I feel. Um, 
because that's not how people play games. That's not how they communicate. And obviously they can't really do it how people actually talk in chat because let's face it, we're not the most civilized people when we talk in chat playing games. Um, so I think that's why those, those trailers kind of really fail. Um, I think they should have just shown the gameplay from the different perspectives and it would have come out a lot better that way. Um, but I am excited for it um, much more than I thought I would be. Uh, it looks fun. Uh, my other issue with, with Helldivers is I feel like the, the, the draw distance seems pretty bad. Um, the, the, the deserty fog mist shit was, was pretty damn close to the character's screen. Like you couldn't really see that well. Um, I don't know if that's by the design of, of the encounter or what, but I wasn't a fan of that. It reminded me of playing Tenchu on my PSP where I couldn't see five feet ahead of me. Terrible. Oh, by the way, I've been watching a lot of someone called Josh Strive Hayes on YouTube, um, Gary. And I watched his, his, his talk about how about Tenchu, and he said it's, it's a really great game. Oh, Tenchu's he, he, Yeah, he liked, he liked the first Tenchu. He said it got a little bit bad near the end, but that was because of some of the weird voice acting, but the gameplay itself was solid. Oh, it's, it's a classic. It's one of the best stealth games ever made, in my opinion. Yeah. And one that's been lost to time to probably never see the light of day again. You say that. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> well, the, the the problem with Tenchu is it's moved so between so many hands. First, it was Activision that owned it. Then Acquire got it. Then Sega had the license to it. Then Microsoft, of all people, got the license to it. Now, From Software owns the license, and they apparently don't want to do anything with it. They made Sekiro, and they didn't turn it into Tenchu. Like, you have the license, use the damn license. But you're right. Anything's possible. We'll see. We will see. Okay. There's some things that we're going to bring up shortly about that. Okay. Ghostbusters. I'm bringing this up because the idea is cool. And I'm if I if I had VR2, I'd probably pick this up day one. I just hate the name of the game. Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord. It's a PSVR2 title with... Um, different characters they've also announced the like the the season of content that they're going to be dropping something about the name just bugs me like i don't know the fact that the main villain is called ghost lord and it looks so gen the villain just looks so like zombie mysterio <laughs> you said that i was about to say he looks like mysterio had a redesign with dr doom <laughs> Like, they've entered the Marvel Zombie Universe. No, yeah. And they're fighting Mysterio from the Marvel Zombie Universe. Like, I'd, I'd, something about the name, just I like it. call it something else. The rest of it, cool. I know I'm being nitpicky, but when you're... The name of your character and the design of your villain is important when it comes to something like this. Gary. Oh, man, Ghostbusters. Um, What a fun franchise. I... I love the Ghostbusters franchise. You know, I I loved every movie actually. I I thought was really good. The 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 all female reboot I thought was really good. Uh, the last one they did with Paul Rudd I thought was phenomenal. Um, but for some reason, in my opinion, like it just hasn't transitioned very well into other media. Um, 
and games is one of those. Like they've had successes. Obviously, the the Wago Ghostbusters, uh, Wago Dimensions Ghostbusters game was fun. Um, and you know they now have that uh, isometric Ghost Ghostbusters game as well. That that that's been out for a while. That has apparently been quite successful for them. Um, but this, I don't know about this one. Like you think Ghostbusters would be perfect for VR, but. It just doesn't look interesting to me. Like it looks like it makes all the sense in the world, but I think it'd make more sense like, if I could use that uh, PSVR one gun thing that came with uh, whatever that fucking space game was. I forget what it was called. Um, but you know what I'm talking about, where it had that its own peripheral. That was like a machine gun. It should have come I... with something like that. It was yeah, yeah I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like it would have been cool with that because then I can pretend like I have a big ass proton gun. You know, but when I just have the two little hand stick things, it just doesn't seem as I'm a real Ghostbuster in VR. And and the fact that in the trailer, it just looked so cartoony and like even looking at the splash image right now, like one of the characters has like a raccoon hat. Um the other one looks like a stoner. Like, it's just, this is what killed Saints Row. <laughs> you know? And I'm getting the same vibe out of this, unfortunately. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I, I'm sure it's going to be a fun game. I just don't know how long it's going to last as a four-player co-op game, which I'm assuming is, like, I don't even know if it's story-driven or if it's just multiplayer. I don't know. I love the franchise, but I don't love the franchise and other media right now. Alfonso. The, the name of the game to me honestly sounds like it's straight from a Yu-Gi-Oh card from the cartoon or the, yeah. the you know the card game itself. That's exactly what it sounds like to me. Um I agree with a lot a lot what Gary said. Like the the franchise does well with movies, but other media of the franchise, I don't know, it just suffers. And yeah, seeing this, I have to pass. I, I I love Ghostbusters, but yeah, this this seems like it's like a one-time thing. Like if I get it, I play for a few hours and I will not go back to play it again. And I don't want to waste money doing that. So I'm just gonna pass on it entirely. Rant completely random breaking news for some reason. Um KupoCon is going on in London right now, and there's a load of Final Fantasy XIV and Final Fantasy voice actors um, like doing autographs and stuff like that at the event. Like, I wish I was there in a way, because there's some that I really would... All, nearly all the Final Fantasy XIV voice actors are there this year. Wish I'd gone. Um, but Ben Starr, the voice of Clive, has been walking around with a sex doll and gave it to someone. So... Uh, <laughs> Is it a sex doll of, of his character? Please tell me. It's I a, of don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, suppose he's been walking around with a sex doll. So That's fantastic. Someone's uh, not being invited back next year. <laughs> uh, someone said, Ben Star was all of us in the evening event and gave it to us. We named it Clive and got all the voice actors to sign it and spent the night dancing with him. Oh my God. Uh, that's, yeah, some pictures of it. So, yeah, that's the thing that happened. Um, yes, I am. Ex- I am 
excited for FanFest, but there will not be any sex dolls. Mm. So, I, pro- I, I there will only be poo pats. So, anyway, moving on to sex dolls to us to companies being screwed by another company. Um, Unity. <laughs> you think you could get oh, away with boy. this? You thought you could get away with this, and we we aren't going to bring it up. Unity, what the shit? Uh, For anyone that doesn't know and hasn't looked into it, Unity from January 1st will be charging companies money for every time the game is installed on a new system. So, anytime the game you have purchased and you install it, the company gets charged money not you by the way you don't get charged you, you know they're just going to clear that up the person that bought the game does not get charged per install it's the company now if you've got the uni personal uni plus it you've got a two hundred thousand dollar revenue threshold so you can make up to two hundred thousand without being charged um but this is life to date so if your game is old and uses the uni engine if you've already made over two hundred thousand dollars you retroactively are now being charged per install so how much per install well if you've got personal plus it's 20 cents per install you're like chili 20 cents that's not much but you gotta remember the hundred thousand people let's just say a hundred thousand people install your game that's 20 cents per that's 20 cents times a hundred thousand that and it doesn't like go down it's 20 cents so they said even to get a million that's 20 cents a million yeah so uh yeah. for a hundred thousand downloads at 20 cents uh they're earning twenty thousand dollars yeah well done you did it <laughs> wait why why are they doing this because unity Fair enough. <laughs> um, if you're a Unity Pro user, you can get up to a million dollar threshold. Um, but for them, the price actually goes down per install. A um, uh, hundred thousand is fifteen cents, and then it goes down to zero point zero two cents at a million. And then, if you're a Unity Enterprise, which is another million, uh, that is zero point one two five down to zero point zero one. Basically, tell you give us more money, and we'll charge you less money because so money. You're still giving them money. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god! What? 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 Um. Because yeah, Unity Enterprise. It, I don't know how much it is, but I'm sure it's 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 expensive compared to the fact that Unity Personal Plus are free. Those are free versions. So. I know some companies are already starting to change their game engine because they can't afford this because they will make zero money or they might even owe them money. They they might owe them money for the game that they published. I made the game. Well, I didn't make the game, but let's say I work at the company and I made the game and my game is released and I have spent two years of my life, three years of my life making this video game. And then, I don't know, a YouTuber finds it enjoyable and then suddenly everyone downloads it because youtuber it makes it trend suddenly now i owe unity money for the game that i made it's 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 ridiculous alfonso it sounds like in my opinion 
you, if it plays on your example, you are working for unity. That's yeah. basically what it sounds like. Um, this is stupid. Um, you, you're already getting a lot based on your tiers. You know, the, the different tiers you um, list off Ben. You're already getting a lot based on your different tiers. And then you want more money based on the consumer downloading the company's game. Like, we, we, we talk about this throughout, you know, God knows how many times with companies and their lack of greed for money. Like, I, I'm getting sick and tired of it. There's, there's not much to say because I, I, I'm, I'm guarantee Unity will get away with this. Yes, these companies still go to court and fight, but in the end, we, we all know it's going to take a long time for it to be settled. And it's like, in the end, just, just this, like you said, suck it up if you have the money to pay it or switch your game engine to someone else. Do you want to do that? No, probably not because obviously these companies prefer using Unity because they're used to it. Now you have to, you know, learn a different um, game engine and all that. Like, that's this is like time consuming. So um, this is very annoying to hear. And I know these companies are tired of this. But like I always said, when we have situations like this, it's how society moves forward. That's not the answer, but there ain't no other options that I can see up. Uh, Gary? <laughs> Before yeah, we go to Gary, is... just one thing. Um, yeah. Unity Enterprise is $3,000 a year on top of this, by the way. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and that'd be per system as well, I think. I don't that, I think that's for the, the um, company. That's per Unity license. So... I don't, I don't know if you have to, if you got like four or five people working on it, or well, I should say hundreds of people. I don't, I doubt they'll probably charge per person, but they'll probably charge by amount. So you're probably looking more than that for big companies anyway. Smaller companies, yeah, but bigger companies, yeah. Gary, sorry. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, this is scummy. This is scummy as shit. Um, Unity obviously thinks that they are as big as say uh epic games and that their engine is as good if not better or something like that which it's not god it's it's unity was the engine where developers indie developers in particular can go to and create a game without having to to pay a ridiculous amount of money to do so now it's going to turn into the fact that it's going to cost them more to work with Unity than what they themselves are going to earn or to even get a license or get the um, dev tool of um, like the Unreal Engine at this point. The Unreal Engine is cheaper. Uh, Epic Games uh, has come out and said that they won't even take a cent from a developer until their game earns a million dollars um you also have the not just that but you also have the epic uh contract deal which from what i can tell uh if you agree to be exclusive to the epic store on pc for six months Mm -hmm. uh all profits go to you 100 percent. yeah that sounds like a fantastic deal for indie devs um unity was just for a lot of indie devs a lot easier to use and it was a lot cheaper to use now that's not the case and you know I feel like they have done this just to get quick cash from the retro 
Chargers that you talked about. That. They knew the, the reaction this was going to cause for games that are in development right now uh, on Unity. <clears throat> and um, they don't care about that. They want the money that companies have already earned. Uh, and that's what they're trying to get. Quick cash. Um, this is not going to be good for Unity. Um, a lot of developers have already said that they're going to delist their games starting in January. Uh, Cult of the Lamb and their developers said that they're delisting their game unless this changes when this take goes into effect. So you, you won't be able to play Cult of the Lamb, one of the best indie games of, what was it, last year, this year? I don't remember when that game came out. I think it came out this year. Um, a lot of companies are, are coming out and saying this. I think the biggest company that can really force Unity to change their minds is MiHoYo because Genshin Impact runs on Unity. Genshin Impact, Honkai Star Rail, which is coming out uh, next month on the PlayStation 5. Uh, Honkai no, Impact I, the third. I hear another um, public the, the company that's I feel that's going to stop Unity from doing this. Not even a game company. Sony. <laughs> Sony and Microsoft. Yeah, because, because Unity it, has said that there's Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo are going to pay their, those fees for, yeah. for developers. <laughs> uh, they might do it for a little bit, but that's not going to last very long. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, th this hurts because you also have to look at Game Pass and PlayStation Plus and the Nintendo on the line. You know, if it's per download, some of these guys aren't even making money from Game Pass downloads. They're getting a flat fee from Microsoft for having their game on Game Pass. And yeah, they're going to start losing. But what's going to happen when, you know, the download payment is going to exceed the amount of money they got from Microsoft? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's bad. Like, I looked at the numbers for Genshin Impact. Yeah. <coughs> 50 million active players, you know, that's probably not the number right now, but at least 50 million people have downloaded that game. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, do you want to take some water while we, I, I, I will talk while you hydrate? Um, while you're talking about that and hydrating, I will mention that you can download a free version, completely free version of Unreal Engine 5 to try out, which has all the Unreal Engine features. Uh, learning material, community-based support is designed for small teams of projects, hobbyists, and learning. Uh, then, you, of course, if you you know, you, you know if you, you you're going up in the world, it costs more, which is like one thousand five hundred dollars per year, yeah. and then a custom license for bigger companies. But if you wanted to just step your foot into Unreal Engine Five, it's free. You can download it. You can click download now and try it out. And plus, there's other com other uh, game companies uh, making good engines nowadays that uh, people have been talking about. Feeling a little bit bad, Gary? Yeah, sorry. Got a little heated there. It's okay. <laughs> throat, throat got super dry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. But yeah, 50 million people have at least downloaded or installed Genshin Impact. That, yeah. at 20 cents a download, that's $10 million that MiHoYo would have to give Unity. That's insane. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> and that's a big company, right? If a small company, an indie company releases, God forbid, a game as popular as Genshin Impact, they're going to lose a shit ton of money for no reason. You know? And this is a free-to-play game. So it's a bad deal 
all around and come I I I, I want to believe that they're going to reverse this decision if they're smart or at least find some common ground with developers, like sit down and talk to them. Uh, but I could see Unity essentially dying out by 2025 easily if, if this continues, because this is a win for Epic Games. Quite honest, this is a win for Unreal Engine. <laughs> you know, Unity was the only other option. And when Unity is screwing you over this bad, you're going to jump ship. Well, how many companies who have tried to build their own engines to no success? Square Enix is notorious for it. Like, almost every Final Fantasy is built on a brand new engine. And even they said, you know what? It's not worth it. We're just going to go with Unreal. Everybody's going with Unreal. Microsoft is going with Unreal. Sony's going with Unreal. It's not worth it anymore to build your own engine for what you believe. Obviously, like, the Decima engine from Sony is really good. You know, but how good is it when you license it to somebody else and they have no idea what the fuck to do with it? It's great because Sony built it. They know what it can do. Other developers, not so much. This happened with the Fox engine that Kojima created for Konami. It was great for Metal Gear Solid Five, but then they forced other developers to use it and they had no idea what the fuck to do with it. Same thing with the Cry engine with Crytek. Nobody wants to use that engine anymore. Frostbite, terrible engine. Because this is designed for first-person shooters. They forced that engine on fucking Dragon Age Inquisition, and they had one of the worst development times in making that game. It was worse with Anthem, in my opinion, because at least Bioware had spent time to be able to modify it so that it had menus. Uh, if I'm ready, Anthem used yeah. for Frostbite. Like, and no, you're right. And it didn't actually support menus in the original version. So mm -hmm. it, it, to do the menu screen, uh, the, the actual menu screen in Anthem was a loading screen, an actual completely different zone in the game. Like a completely a full 3D area because that was the only way they could do it because the game didn't support in-game menus because it wasn't designed for that. Yeah, it's terrible. So everybody knows, like, you build your engine because you don't want to spend money to license an engine. And I get that. But... It doesn't. It's it's not liable for these developers anymore. It's better for them to license an engine. Square is smart enough now. You know they licensed the Unreal Engine, and now they're just popping games out left and right. You know you don't see Capcom licensing out the RE Engine because they know nobody's probably going to know what the fuck to do with it. But their developers know it so well now they can start popping out games using that engine left and right. But I don't see them licensing that engine out. This is probably not going to be viable for them. Unreal Engine at this point is the third-party engine. Unity could have been a great alternative for indie devs, but it's not anymore. And the and the promises that Epic has made, the deals that they have in place now for um, developers, you know, they don't charge you for six months if you're exclusive. You know, they don't charge you until you make your first million dollars on a game. And let's face it, a lot of indie devs will be lucky enough to make $100,000 on their game. You know, so they won't ever have to pay Epic Games for, for using their engine. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. It's going to take, uh, uh, like I said, I, I feel like MiHoYo is the, the most recognized, I think, company that ran the Unreal Engine, or at least the biggest when it comes to money in their game. 
And if they pull the trigger and say we're transitioning to Unreal, that's going to be a, a big sign of, I mean, of change. Pokemon Go was also on Unity. But it's not uh, near as popular anymore, is it? No, but still. <clears throat> we got to remember, yeah. it might not be popular now, but it's retroactive. Mm. So There you go. Uh, I'm yeah, looking at all, all the big... Games, almost every mobile game runs on Unity. Valheim. That was a big at one point. Among Us, Fall Guys. Unity. Yeah, you think they're going to stay with Unity? That That's a perfect example. That's a game that nobody thought would ever be successful, and look what it's become. Yeah. Hearthstone, Blizzarding and like that. <laughs> like, I understand they want to make money on people using their engine, but this is not the way to go about they it. They do. It's cool. <laughs> They've got a license fee every year. Exactly. They pay you to use your tools. That's it. That's the only deal that should be in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every download. They also say that this counts for pirating. If your game is pirated, you have to pay yeah. Unity. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <clears throat> That's crazy. Uh, any thoughts on this, Alfonso? <sighs> fuck Unity. That's, that's it. Plain and simple. Yeah, fuck their CEO. I mean, this is the same CEO that thought it was a good idea when he was the CEO of EA to implement microtransactions into Call of Duty where you would have to pay... Not Call of Duty, uh, Battlefield, sorry. Where you would have to pay real-life money to reload your fucking weapon in Battlefield. That's what he wanted to do. And that's why he got fired from EA. Can you imagine you're playing Battlefield? Oh shit, gotta pay a dollar to reload my gun. <laughs> As a, and they die instantly. Oh shit, I just lost a dollar. <laughs> oh, it's only a dollar. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. Who would hire this guy as a CEO? Like, seriously. Who thought this was a good idea? <sighs> Can you imagine you're playing Battlefield, you run out of ammo, you gotta pause, you gotta go into the menu, run your credit card. <laughs> That shit's blowing up around you. <laughs> Confirm. Oh, two-step verification. Fuck. Hold on. Let me get the code on my email. <laughs> Insanity, man. Uh, Sony reveals new PS5 colors. And they teased us with one of the colors. I hate the fact that they teased us. Teased us. Um, volcanic red, cobalt blue, and sterling silver. Um... They're £64.99, and the console covers will cost £50. I hate the fact that in the trailer it looked like there was a transparent controller. I would have bought transparent controller. I like I liked transparent controllers. Alfonso? Um, if I was to choose um, these three new colors, I would choose Cobalt Blue as all types of state of blue. It doesn't matter what type of shade blue it is. My favorite. Blue is my favorite color. Um, yes, I agree with you, Ben. The transparent would have been sick if that was available. But I will not buy this as um, I went with black on both my PS5 models. And I, I don't feel like switching, especially knowing that I have a third PS5 on the way, the, the Spider-Man collection. So I'm good on covers. But it's nice that they're you know giving players more color options to change their PS5 look. Well, yeah, that's good. That's for the controllers. Yeah. I already had too much controllers, so yeah, no more Fair. controls for me. Fair. 
Gary? Uh, same boat. Um, it's great that we're getting more options. Uh, it's obviously a big leap forward from what we have with the PS4. Uh, not consoles, but at least controller-wise, where we had very few colors. But now there there seems to be a new color controller coming out like every two, three months. Um, especially with all the limited edition. Like I have more controllers now uh, for my PS5 than I ever had for my PS4 and PS3 combined. But mm-hmm, that, and that's mm-hmm. just you know the collectors. I got the Spider-Man one. I got the Final Fantasy 16 one. I got the God of War controller. There's just so many ones that I'm buying now. Then I'm never probably going to use them, you know, just for collection purposes. Um, but the consoles, like if they ship with those different colored consoles, that's great. Uh, releasing those as faceplates is another great move. I hope Sony really starts to open that up and just uh, release hundreds and hundreds of colors if they can of faceplates for the. I want my nasty ass Atomic Orange PlayStation if I want it, you know. <laughs> Give me some, you know, nuclear yellow or nuclear green colors. Glow in the dark. Go for it. I don't give a fuck. Just uh-huh, give people uh-huh. options. You know, they're faceplates. I'm pretty sure they don't cost that much to make. Um, seeing as how, like, I think the Spider-Man faceplates were, what, like $60? Um, so they're obviously a lot cheaper than the controllers are. So just go to town, man. Release a bunch of different shit. I'm all for it. <clears throat> options. Okay, now we're going to go talk about a video game that a lot of us are excited for. But before we talk about the video game itself, we're going to talk about the video game before that video game with Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I have a spicy view on this. (laughs) I I have a very... Okay. Final Fantasy VII Remake has been announced that it's reached 7 million copies worldwide. This is good. This is very good. This is this is a very good amount of sales. Uh, remember, this is on the PS4, PS5, and PC, and this is shipped and sold digitally worldwide. Now, that's good. My issue with this is people have complained that Square Enix has lost money because Final Fantasy XVI is so bad. When clearly Final Fantasy 16 didn't sell bad because in one week it sold half the amount that Remake has sold in three years. And Final Fantasy 16 is not Final Fantasy 7. Final Fantasy 7 is a brand of its own. Like there's Final Fantasy and then there's Final Fantasy 7. So I can't. I find it frustrating that people are judging the 3.5 million like it's bad. Final Fantasy games don't seem to sell as much as people think they sell. People seem to think that every pharmacy game that comes out is going to somehow be GTA. It's not. They don't do that. They barely, I hate to use the word barely, but they on average make about 10 million sales lifetime. So you can't come in and expect, and it's not even because they're exclusive, even when the ones that aren't exclusive, such as Pharmacy 15, which came out on Xbox day one, PlayStation Day 1, that barely also hit the 10 million mark. So, 3.5 million by 16, I still think is really impressive. And I'm not saying that this is impressive, 7 million is really good as well, as I'm saying, but this shows you the, the, the how you can compare with 16. Gary? Oh yeah, 100% agree with you, Ben. Um, it, people keep Misconstruing the wording that's being used for 
bullshit headlines. I feel um, just to get the quick, the 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 clickbait and the and the clicks for their site. You know, Twitter said repeatedly that Final Fantasy 16 has sold very well. They are happy with the numbers. What they said is they would have loved for it to sell more, and who the fuck wouldn't love their sell their games to sell more than what they do? Obviously, you know. But it's sold- no. I want my I want I want this podcast to hit a hundred views and no more. Right? Like and we always we know Square has this insane idea of how much their games need to sell. Fuck, they wanted the Tomb Raider reboot to sell ten million copies. And they called it a failure when it sold like five million. <laughs> you know? It, it's it's stupid to think that way. Um so people took that and they're like, Square is disappointed with Final Fantasy 16 sales. Like, no, they're not. It's not what they said. They're close to what they said. So, yeah. Um, it's obviously probably sold more than that now. When the DLC comes out, when the PC version comes out, those numbers are going to go up. Um, so, yeah. it's People need to get over it, you know? And, and the latest headline now is like, oh, Square lost $2 billion since Final Fantasy 16 released. That's not saying Final Fantasy 16 lost them $2 billion. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> the game didn't cost $2 billion to make for them to lose that much money. They lost money because of Avengers, uh, because of Tomb Raider, because of fucking Forspoken. Um, what's another game that came out before Avengers even? That was a big film. Outriders. Outriders still hasn't turned a profit, you know? Yeah. Those are the, the, the games that gave them a $2 billion loss, not 16. 16 and 14 have just been keeping the lights on, as I like to say. <laughs> you know, and without a mainline Dragon Quest now for a, a few years, that's hurting them too, because Dragon Quest is their biggest franchise. You know, people like to say Final Fantasy is uh, worldwide, probably, as, as a brand, but they consider Dragon Quest to be their number one franchise. So, <clears throat> you know, it's when Dragon Quest twelve releases, we'll see how that changes for them. And obviously, uh, with Rebirth coming out, um, things are going to change. Things always change. Square always looks down, and then people assume they're going to falter or, you know, go bankrupt, and then somehow something comes up and saves them. Um, is that going to be Rebirth? Is that going to be an acquisition? Somebody's going to buy them? Who knows? But their downfall is not 16-based. Just because some people didn't like the direction of 16 doesn't mean it's the reason the company gonna, lost $2 billion fucking dollars. They're going to be announcing profits in a couple of months when ever crisis <laughs> DLs, sales come out. Gary downloaded ever crisis just to pay money to get Tifa's in a wetsuit. Exactly. I really did. I haven't played the game at all. <laughs> he literally downloaded, <laughs> downloaded the game, paid money, probably. I bet you paid money, didn't yeah, you? Pay- yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. You, pa- you paid money so that you can get a wet t-shirt of Tifa. No, no judge. I'm not judging you for doing it. I just want to say that. I'm just saying that there's going to be a lot of people that did that with the mobile game. <laughs> That's right. Uh. <laughs> Alfonso is probably facepalming as we speak. Good. Uh-huh. Tifa in a wet t-shirt and a skirt. 
that has more physics than her boobs do. What do you want me to do with that? <laughs> Fantastic. And Red 13 has a bikini, too. I want that shit. Why? Because <laughs> it's Red 13 in a bikini. Oh. <laughs> Gary, you know that doesn't make any sense. Well, tell that to Squirt, because they're making bank on it. Uh, by the way, I also have wet t-shirt Tifa, so. There you go. But I didn't pay any money. I grinded mine. <laughs> yeah, I saw a charge uh, from, from Square Enix. I was like, what the fuck is that charge on my bank account? I was like, oh yeah, Tifa. <laughs> Alfonso. Uh, people need to stop. P- people need to stop with assessing over things that doesn't make any sense. If Square is happy with the amount they made off of 16, then let them be. People need to understand you didn't put R&D time into this game. You didn't put 12 plus hours in the office at this game. You didn't lose family time or personal time or your own space with this game. These people who made the game did. Yes, like Gary said, if Square can make more money, of course they will be happy. But they are happy with what they have. Eventually, the game will make more based off the DLC, et cetera, et cetera. Just, just stop overthinking things. Just be happy that it's out. Enjoy the game and move on. That's it. People try to analyze every little thing. Oh, because it's not like GTA, which no, the, the, the Square can never make Rockstar money. I'm sorry. No matter how good Final Fantasy is, because it is, they they can't reach GTA expectations. Nobody can reach I, those numbers. The only one who can feasibly even the way, to reach those I, numbers is, is Nintendo. I was throwing details as a it. reference. That that's one of the games I was thinking of. Like that's one of the yeah you know, people expected like ridiculous sales. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to, to people just need to stop. Yeah. Nintendo is the only company I can ever imagine reaching GTA numbers, and that's only with Pokemon. And that's not even something they own 100% of. That's it. There's no company, no series. I don't think they even GTA own GTA sales. They don't own Pokemon at all, right? It's, it's 100% uh, they, owned by Game Freak. They, uh, they own, I, I think it's a, I think they own like 20% of the Pokemon company. I thought it was a Dragon Quest thing where technically Square Enix doesn't own Dragon Quest, but they've got an agreement under the table where they have the Dragon Quest games. I don't know. I'm pretty oh. sure Nintendo does have a stake in in Pokemon. Otherwise, why wouldn't we see Pokemon on another console? Uh, Nintendo owns 32% of the company. There you there go. There you go. <clears throat> N- yeah. Game Freak owns 66%. Yeah, Pokemon is the only franchise I could see even coming close to Nintendo numbers. And they're going to have to deliver yeah. something insane to, to pull that off. And by insane, I mean a Pokemon MMO that I've been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and voice acting to the character. <laughs> no, I, I don't want that. I, I thought person. everyone's acting for a bit. I don't care. I don't what know, I'll, 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 take, I'll take the Pokemon talking like they did in the anime. I love that shit. Oh no, the Pokemon! I just don't want the main character to be voiced. I I I prefer silent protagonists when it comes to RPGs than voice protagonists, or at least mumbly sounded protagonists over fully voiced. I don't know. I like being able to put my own voice into the character. That's just me. Well, anyway, we had a gameplay showing of a game called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth with a release date. But before we get to the release date and all that lot, we did have someone who was able to go out and try out the game. And that someone was not me. 
It was Gary. <laughs> it was me. It was, it was Gary. I got to play Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yes. And it was awesome. Take the floor. Take the floor. Yeah, well, um, I, uh, the demo is uh, that, that I got to play is the demo that people will be able to play on the Tokyo Game Show, um, which Square has announced will be playable with, I think, like 800 kiosks. That's a shit ton of kiosks. They know how much people want to play it. Um, so, yeah, it's two uh, chapters. Uh, one is a flashback chapter where uh, you play as Cloud and Sephiroth. For those remember who remember that, that point in the game with Tifa in her little cowboy outfit uh, accompanying you. Uh, that was the first demo I got to play. And then the second one was right uh, as you leave Midgar. Pretty much the start of Rebirth. Um, I got to run around the little area there before you went to the... Um, I forget what the town is called with the giant-ass fucking cannon. Um, uh, Junon? <clears throat> yes, Junon. Um, so you got to run around there a little bit. But um, yeah, the game will feel very familiar. Uh, to Final Fantasy VII Remake players. Uh, the combat plays almost identical. Um, very smooth. Uh, I got to play in quality mode. There is going to be a performance mode. Uh, they told us not to play in performance mode because it's not optimized at the, at the moment. So we would have received a lot of uh, lag, I, I guess you can say, and, and frame drops. But quality mode was gorgeous. The game looks phenomenally beautiful um but yeah combat plays essentially the same you you can have your spells you equip your materia um you, you do your you know braver attacks your your uh, skills like that the limit break uh fills up just the same uh the big addition are uh the team up attacks which are awesome um you get uh bars uh, so both characters have to at least have uh, uh, so, some tag team moves cost more. Like I think the one with Cloud and Sephiroth cost three bars. So at least two characters would have to have, or one character would have to have uh, two bars filled up, and another one would have one bar to to pull it off. But it'll tell you when it's ready to go. You can do it uh, with the quick menu. You hold R one, you select the move, and you pull off the team move. Um, or you can pause the game using X, which slows down the game, go down, select it, and by doing it through the selection, you actually get a cool cinematic, which I'm sure you saw in the trailer where Cloud and Sephiroth did the move, and Sephiroth looked like a pretty boy with his hair flowing through the air. <coughs> um, so yeah. Oh, dry throat again, sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, we saw some gameplay. We saw, um, I'm going to say his name wrong so much, many times because the, uh, Keith Sif, I think they called it now, now that we actually got the, how it's said. Uh, I always used to call it Kate Sif, and it's always going to be Kate Sif I in my head. I always but called Kate Sif. I think it's like Keith Sif. Kit, Kit Sif? Kit, Kitty Boy. Anyway, they, we showed, they showed up... Um, um, some team ups with Aerith and Kitsif and all that lot and the gameplay. Ah, oh, can't watch it. Watch the trailer again. In fact, I may watch the trailer as we're doing this. I'm excited. Anyway, you feeling better now? You want to carry on? Yes, a little bit. Sorry, just can't talk for long periods of time without 
to nothing. It's okay. Um, but what questions do you have for me about the game? I'll be happy to answer them. Um, Is there anything you dislike from what you played? Anything I dislike? Yes. Um, I got to play as Red Thirteen, which was the greatest thing about that that, that entire experience. Because Red Thirteen is my boy. Um, the issue is something I hope they they do resolve. But Red Thirteen is really fast, like super fast, and the camera has a hard time keeping up with him. Uh, even during attacks, like he'll attack and he'll leap forward to do it, and the camera will fall behind. So I can't really see what the hell I'm attacking until it catches up to me. <laughs> Um, so I hope that they fix that. Um, the other thing is, I'm sure it's just a balancing thing, but Barrett was super overpowered. Like, OP as shit. <laughs> um, I used him to pretty much kill everything in seconds. So I'm okay. sure they'll fix that. Um, but other than that, uh, the, the demo, I felt like they had a lot of flying enemies in the demo. So having Barrett or Aerith in your party was like a must. Um, and they didn't really give me a chance to experiment with like Red 13 and Tifa on the team because they are pretty much all close range melee characters. And, and the demo featured a lot of flying enemies, which I was a little disappointed about because I was forced to use Aerith or, or Barrett. But other than that, 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 that's really the only issue I had is sometimes the camera has a hard time keeping up with the combat and what's going on. The cool thing is you can create groups uh, of party members that you can switch on the fly. So you can, you know, have Cloud, Tifa, and Aerith, and then with the tap of the D-pad, you can switch to uh, Cloud, Barrett, and Red 13. And you can set up three groups like that, like quick quick party member changes like that, which I thought was really cool. Um, because you don't have to constantly go into the menu and switch up party members. You can have preset party teams already set up. Um, yeah, uh, what else? How, how did the combat feel that you played? Like, apart from, of course, uh, that you talked about Red 13. How did, um, how did Cloud feel now? Cloud felt great. Uh, everybody felt great. It feels a lot smoother, uh, a lot more fast-paced, uh, more more action-oriented than um, the original was. Uh, a lot more smoother as well uh, when it comes to attacks. It's very easy to quickly pull off uh, um, skills and then switch to magic whenever you want. Um, it feels like it's the same. It just feels a lot more responsive and a lot faster that way. Uh, for Cloud especially, like, I-, I did play with Cloud a lot. I tried to switch as much as I could. Um, Tifa kind of felt a little bit the same as Red 13, where she was a little too fast for the camera to 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 keep going with. Um, Barrett was the easiest to play with, obviously, because you can just shoot your way through everything. Um, but like I said, it's the tag team moves that, that really shine for me. Um, Red 13's and um, Cloud's was really cool to see. Uh, as was uh, Barrett's, and I believe he, I, I did Barrett's and Aerith's together, which is pretty cool. Um, each character has their own, uh, like, stick, right? Uh, like they did in, in the original one, in Remake. 
um, Red 13s is pretty much turning into Brawly, Rage Brawly. He has an aggression meter, and as you fight, the aggression meter builds up, and when it's full, you can unleash his rage, and he pretty much becomes invulnerable for a set amount of time, and like all his attacks are like double the damage. It's like Blood Fury, I think is what it's called. Um, and he just goes berserk. And you can't really, like, like when Berserk is inflicted on the character in, in turn-based RPGs, you know, you don't have control of the character. The same thing happens here. He just starts doing his own shit and attacks everything that he wants. It was actually pretty fun to use. <laughs> um, yeah, combat feels a lot better this time around. Then. Bro, did you get to play as Kate Sith, or was that not available in the demo? No. Unfortunately, Kate Sith was not available in the demo. Um... I did get to play as Sephiroth, yes. who was really fun to play with. If you played Dissidia, you'll know how he essentially plays in this game. Um, I'm guessing he's he does a lot, lot of attacks power. where he he does a lot of attacks where like he takes out his sword and just stands there, and then like shit just happens in the background, like slashes and stuff because he moves so fast. Um, he's one of those types of characters. Uh, what were you saying about Cloud? No, I was going to say, I bet Sephiroth is a lot more of a power than Cloud, because he was in the original game at that point. Yeah, he, he was. Um, it, it was fun to use him. I, I tried not to use him as much, because he kind of just kills everything, whereas I wanted to experience some of the combat a little more. Um, but, yeah, he was really fun to play with. Yeah, the, the characters I got to play with, um, Cloud, Sephiroth, Barret, Tifa, Aerith, and Red Thirteen. Um Yuffie did appear in my demo, um, but I did not get to play with it. I will agree with some people, though. I I do hope that... (laughs) I kind of hope that the Sephiroth scene is the start of the game. Like, I want that to be the start of Rebirth. You should load into the the van with Sephiroth. That should how it should start. Um. (laughs) Yeah, but but obviously, you know the scene I'm talking about, where it's the three of them going... Yeah. Yeah, um, it's literally that, and, and I saw those those um, previews go over that you can play as Sephiroth in, in Final Fantasy VII. I was like, well, you could in the original too. Like, yeah, again, it's that mis, mis- it's the way it's worded. Like, yeah, technically yeah. it's not a lie, but it's technically you don't get to play with him throughout the whole fucking game. It's no. just that seat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh it, what else? Um, graphics. What do you, have they? What do you think? Have they improved? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's freaking gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. When you get to Junon and you get to uh, that underwater, not underwater, that that harbor like area where the big fucking dragon water serpent thing comes out, that part was the water was gorgeous there. Um, <clears throat> um, the the area surrounding Junon is very. Um, destroyed um there's a lot of rundown uh buildings that the village is is burned to the ground to the point like that um but it's still very gorgeous the lighting is incredible in that game um definitely big improvement um i don't want to go out and say people won't say it looks the same because obviously there are things that they're gonna copy paste between the two games um, but I feel because the areas are more wide and more open, uh, it's it feels very impressive compared to obviously seven, which is a lot more linear. Um, 
the first game I was um <clears throat> yeah it, it is a visually stunning game even at this point in time I I'm pretty sure it's gonna look even better when it comes out that's in quality mode because that's what I had to play it nice um I don't know what to say I'm <sighs> the issue is I know a lot about what I'm expecting the, to rebirth to happen and it's hard to me ask questions about stuff that I don't know what's going to happen because I don't know what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> oh, it, I'm just excited. I just can't wait for that game. Yeah. Oh, I can tell you, Chocobos uh, are fun. Um, you get to ride the Chocobos. I sent you a picture of Red 13 riding a Chocobo bed. He yeah. holds the strap with his paws. It's fucking adorable. Uh, <laughs> and well, I didn't show you was Barrett riding the Chocobo, and Barrett is hilarious because he sits on it like a king. Like, he, he's yeah. leaning back, he's holding the strap with one arm, his gallon gun's just hanging on the side, and it's like, it's just riding, and he's just like, look at me, I'm the king. <laughs> like, just laid back on the Chocobo. It's really great. Um, you can customize the Chocobos, uh, so you can nice. uh, craft different pieces of armor and equipment and stuff like that, and customize the Chocobos that way, like, headpiece, leg pieces, things for their wing. So each Chocobo can look different. The ones that they gave me in the demo was uh, from the Red Scorpion boss fight in the beginning of Final Fantasy VII. Um, oh, nice. So... Put those parts on, on the Chocobo. But the world has a lot of uh, crafting material just laying around. So you like run up. Oh, there's like ore and shit. Like, you pick shit up all over the place. Like you would in an MMO. And you can use those to synthesize items, uh, create uh, equipment for your chocobos, which it, the equipment is just visual. It doesn't really do anything outside of just having a cool-looking chocobo. Um, materia, you can find materia in the environment. Obviously, materia, combine it, do whatever you want with it. Uh, materia system from at least my gameplay demonstration works the same as it did in, in Remake. I wasn't able to craft new material or anything like that. Um, but I was able to equip it to, you know, the sword, the accessories, uh, things like that. Um, there are baby chocobos in the world, which are adorable. Um, they randomly run up to you in the world, and then they lead you. So if you follow them, they'll lead you to fast travel points on a map, which is awesome. So there is... Um, Chocobo signs just destroyed on the ground. They lead you to them. You pick them up. Uh, it creates a, a fast travel point. And then the Chocobo just kind of stands there all happy. And then if you pet it, it'll give you an item. And then you can just pet the Chocobos, the baby Chocobos, and be friends with them. And then they just hang out at those uh, waypoints whenever you want. <clears throat> a nice addition, too, is you know, like in 7, you, like, you can sit on a bench and just rest to regain health and stuff. You can do that in this one, but in this one, like if if the place looks dirty and nasty to sit on, like Cloud will take out a pillow or a blanket and put it down so he doesn't get dirty when he sleeps on it or rests on it, which I thought was a pretty nice touch. Um, yeah. Anything else? Uh, with the baby will chocolate, do you? Oh, okay. No, I'm just saying, would when it when it's actually released, will we be pleased on from what you played? I would hope so. I was very impressed. Um. I didn't run into any issues. Like I obviously when when you play these kind of demonstrations, you expect, you know, clippings or frame rate drops, something to go wrong. And I didn't experience any problems like that. 
the only issues I really ran into is like running and like him not being able to climb over something. So I had to kind of run around it, even though it looked like something you can climb over. Like he can press X, not X, you O to like climb over shit. Um, I was constantly wanting to jump, especially in the open world. And I, I wish that they would have added a jump button. Because you walk up to something, you constantly, you know, your your idea is like, oh, I want to jump over this, you know, fence. So I try to jump over it. But you can't. <laughs> you have to press O to interact with it and then leap over it. Uh, which was kind of a bummer. Uh, this happened in combat as well. Like There's always this urge to jump and attack an aerial enemy. Um, maybe it's because I haven't played 7 Remake in a while, so I didn't realize that there was no jump, but I was hoping they would at least add the jump button to the exploration part of the game. Um, jumping is good. Jumping is good, so that was annoying. Uh, another cool thing, uh, there is uh, bounties in the overworld. So when you're exploring uh, on the map, there's a symbol with like two swords crossing each other. Those have uh, experimental... Uh, monsters that have es- escaped Hojo's lab <laughs> from the end of the first game. So you um, basic, so basically hunts. Yes, they're hunts, and Not when exactly, you go but... to them, yeah, like you go there, and a narrator will start narrating about. Well, not narrating. It's like you're going to a zoo, right? And somebody's there, like talking on a microphone, trying to explain to you about the creature and shit. That's what happens. So a big megaphone comes on. And it's on your watch. It's like an information database. So Cloud is like looking at his watch, and this woman is talking. She's explaining, "Oh, this creature was this and this. It has a weakness to lightning and all that." So you're saying you walk up around the world, and then suddenly David Attenborough is like, "And then there was a wild animal." Exactly. (laughs) You're you're in a BBC show, Planet Earth, man. And as you're fighting, it's like a Colosseum battle. So, like, you start fighting the creature, and the lady's, like, narrating the combat. Like, you're attacking it. It's like, oh, it's going down with a powerful hit from Cloud. I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) How does it know what's happening? Um, So that was really cool. And those have uh, challenges set to them. So um, each each fight has, like, three things that you can do. Like, Uh, oh, stagger it. You can stagger it to get points. Uh, defeated in a certain amount of time, or do something else like defeated with a specific attack. Um, obviously, you don't have say, to do those I, things, but you get better rewards if you do. I'm kind of sad now that you said it's just like a narrator because if it's like that, I kind of wish it was like over the top, like a you know, a wrestling na- na- narrator. Like, ah, that'd be so cool. No, like, like I said, like uh, it, it, it does narrate to the point where it's like a commentator. Uh, explaining what's going on in the co- in the fight. Maybe a narrator wasn't the best. It is essentially a commentator. Yeah. Like they go like as you get to the fight, you know, she comes on and she starts explaining about the creature and, and its habitat and stuff. Like that. And then when you start fighting, it starts telling like the audience like, as if there's an audience about what's going on in the fight. And I just thought that was really funny. And just remember, anyone that's listening right now, this is only a very, 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 very small part of the game. Because we have learned that the full game 
is over a hundred hours long. So yeah, that's crazy because yeah, uh, the was... remake was thirty to forty hours. So I I'm looking forward to some of the stuff that they're adding. Like we know that the Gold Sorcerer is getting some new mini games. Um, plus, some of the old mini games are coming back. I am excited for Moogle Sex Simulator again. <laughs> from from the original Fantasy Seven. Um, yeah, Cade Sith looks way better in my opinion than he ever did in Seven. I hated that character in Seven, so he definitely looks a lot cooler in this one. Uh, I will say that. Um, I like the fact that he, I, he yeah, doesn't no. seem to just attack because he used to attack with a phone before. Mm-hmm. If anyone doesn't know, he, he had a megaphone that he attacked enemies with. Now he actually has combos by the looks of things. <laughs> and yes, I, I know people are really excited that Vincent was in the trailer. Uh, I was happy for that too. I yeah, just, I was shocked. Just don't get your hopes up to play with it. <laughs> this is all I will say on that. Um, I think they pretty much confirmed that, that he's not going to be playable. Um but anything can change, right? <laughs> I don't think you'll be able. I don't think. I think they're just saving it for part three because that way part three will have two play. That way, every part will have two playable characters added. Well, I'm so- I mean, if if the story goes the way it's supposed to go, you're gonna lose a character. So <laughs> you're gonna have to replace that character, right? Yeah, but no, no, life finds a way. But what I mean is, add... I was very upset. Then what I mean, it, when... what I mean is, they they add two new characters. There'll be two yeah. new characters added. Yeah, yeah, because I believe in this one is gonna it's uh, Kate Sith and Yuffie will be joining yeah. the party in this one. Yeah, and I guess Red Thirteen as well, technically. I mean, yeah, he kind of just joined your party last time. Yeah, playable Red Thirteen. Is, yeah, is, it's gonna be yes. Yuffie was playable before, but new playable characters are technically Kate Sith. And Red Thirteen, because Yuffie was playable in the, in the DLC. Yeah. And then Part Three will probably have Vincent and Sid as playable. Yes. Now this doesn't mean there won't be guest characters that probably might appear and be playable, but <laughs> more about that. Things as I can't play- talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, even even if you didn't talk about it, it's if you've played Fantasy Seven, there's clearly parts where it could happen. Yeah. I... I'm really upset though, Ben, because I'm really upset that Nomura came out and told everybody where part two is going to end. I'm, I'm, uh, we assumed that's where it was going to end. Yeah. You and I. Yeah. But for him to just come out and say, this is where it's going to end, I think is a really terrible move to make, you know, like, why would you just tell them what the ending is? (laughs) You know, the game that everyone's excited for, well, this is how it's going to finish. The story is going to finish everyone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, man. Why would you tell people where part two is going to end? <laughs> like, it's the logical place to end. So I think a lot of people pretty much guessed that's where it was going to be. But you still don't have to like confirm it, you know, before the game's even out. <laughs> Months before the game's even out. Not yeah, just before. it's like, it's a kind of a terrible move, <laughs> to be honest with you. Oh. <laughs> uh. But, but we'll yeah, see no, what happens now, you yeah. know, because we've now got the one hundred percent confirmation that, unfortunately, Zach is alive. <laughs> they, In what they time zone? On their own fucking website. Um, so we'll see how he's going to fit into this game. 
Um, yeah. As I said, I still feel like my I still feel like I'm right with my story. I feel like we're going to see Zach play through Fantasy Seven in a, a different way than we're going to. Like we're going to play through. Okay, this, we're going to play through Fantasy Seven in the most accurate way possible that we will be able to play through Fantasy Seven. I feel like most of the stuff that happened in the original seven will now be playing through through our characters. I feel like our team will go through the original seven almost to the T. Like I think they're gonna follow most of it. Like some things will change of course. It's a remake still. It's some things might get swapped around, some things might get changed due to it's been years since the game came out. Some things aren't as appropriate as it was back in the day. But I feel like, and then we're going to have sometimes in like small breaks because there's like, there's a lot of high excitement moments in seven where you need, it's good to have a little bit, it's good to have a little bit breathing room. I feel like in some of those high octane moments, after we've had those big moments, we'll switch over to Zach and Zach is going to be going through our storyline, but with a completely same new set of characters. Now, what I mean by same new set of characters is the fact that we know from the remake that it looked like Tifa, Barrett, Aerith, and all that lot died with the collapse. Yeah, when they first showed off Rebirth, yeah. But it looked like Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge might survived. So I have the idea that Zack is going to go through the Fantasy Seven storyline chasing after Sephiroth with Zack and Cloud, Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse. And then we're gonna, then they're gonna follow the storyline slightly. It's gonna be different because Zach is a different character than Cloud, and they're going through a different. They've they've got a different party makeup, so some people can have different personalities. So it's gonna go differently than our group. And then it's just gonna line up at some point where we find out Sephiroth is in both timelines, and we have to kill Sephiroth in both timelines at the same time to actually get rid of him. So the final one of the final battles is probably going to be in the northern crater, like the original one. Because remember, the northern crater, you had the team split up to fight. I yeah. think it was Sephiroth in two different spots. Uh, it was yeah. either Sephiroth yeah, or Genova. Yeah. No, you fought Sephiroth. Yeah. Okay, I can I can remember if it was Sephiroth or Genova. So instead of having it being like a massive Sephiroth where you got two different teams split off to go fight him. Instead, it's going to be two different timelines of Sephiroth that you both find at the same time. Basically, if you kill him in one time zone, he's, he's moved over to the other time zone. And then if he's killed in that time zone, he just popped back up in the other time zone. So you have to kill him in both at the same time for him to be fully dead. And then, of course, there's going to be a final scene with Zack and Cloud in some sort of mystic space time platform. Where they kill Sephiroth for realsy reels in like a <laughs> twinsy cross slash attack with Cloud and Zack. Well, then you're you're probably not too far off because you know even at the end of the first game, Sephiroth kind of hinted at it as well that you know Cloud is alive in this universe and stuff like that. I, re- I remember specifically he was saying some stuff that didn't make any sense. Um, but what I wanted to say is. During my gameplay presentation, there was a video uh, from 
two of the people who were from the producer and the director of Rebirth, where they specifically talked about the cover art with Cloud, Zack, and Sephiroth in the middle. Um, they said that that cover art is giving away a lot of information that people probably don't know about. <laughs> I mean... And they said, there's a reason Sephiroth is in the middle. <laughs> if I'm Which, right, I, that makes cool. sense because he's the focal point of the two universes. All I'm going to say is, if I'm right, I called this when Remake came... I think even before Remake came out. Like, I called it around the same time as Remake. So, you... you, I spoiled stuff that even the developers probably hadn't officially planned yet. You're welcome, Internet. (laughs) Yeah, but if you look at that cover art, they specifically said there is a specific reason why Sephiroth is in the middle. Well, yeah, we'll see. All, all I hope for is I'm probably not in part two, but in part three, I really hope they flesh out the backstory of Vincent and Red Thirteen because yeah. we know they know each other from the past, and I really hope they give us more from that relationship right. because we didn't get almost none of it in in the original. So. You mean Vincent and Sephiroth? No, Red Thirteen. Did, I don't remember them having a history. Exactly. Because Seven didn't explore it. But they did. Nice. It's in Red Thirteen's biography. Um in his bio pages all over the internet. Like him and Vincent knew each other. All I know is I'm gonna cry ugly tears when we get to that scene with his father. I hope they do a lot with that scene, dude, but <laughs> we'll see. I know that the, the, the guys there told us that there's a lot in this game that they expanded on. So you're going to get a lot more information from, from backstories and relationships between characters. Um, Nomura specifically uh, wrote Aerith uh, in a, in a very unique way. Uh, they, they said that he, every line of dialogue that he wrote for her was by design to essentially give you hints and ideas of what's to come. Essentially, she almost every line of dialogue that she speaks in the original remake, uh, the the first part, is like um, premonition of things to happen in future in the future of the games. So, like going back in retrospect, and going back right now and playing remake again and paying attention to the shit she's saying might actually have a lot more impact than it originally did. So it's gonna be interesting. Some inside info for you. There you go. (laughs) And remember you can read all of this information and more and see pictures and video footage over on our website over at PSU.com. I'm releasing this a day after the embargo just so that I don't screw up the embargo time. And that way make sure our (laughs) website gets all the information first. So go check out PSU.com. so that is why this has been released a little later than normal. Um, because I don't want to mess up. So, yeah, but yeah, any any other questions you guys want to ask me about it before we uh, be done with it? Nope, I don't. I got nothing else. Uh, nothing off the top of my head right now. We'll probably ask you over time once I've read the articles. Maybe like once I know what you exactly what you've played, I might pester you in the future on a future episode right. when we cover the stuff because we'll cover the article stuff next time as well. So. <laughs> Um, Gary, shout outs and how can they find you? Whoa, 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 whoa! Metacritic? Oh, yeah, Met- 
Look, I, I noticed the timer, like, oh, God, we've been going forever and forgot the Metacritic existed. Um, so give me one second. Uh, we uh, we didn't do one last week. So um, t- talk more while I look up video games that might exist. Oh, snap. Um... <laughs> Mortal Kombat 1. Don't buy, that on, <laughs> don't buy that on Switch. Oh, man, that show looks hilarious on Switch. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Like, who actually thought that that game was going to run correctly on the Switch when they announced it? When I saw that announcement from the Switch, I was like, how? How is that possible? It has to be a fucking streaming version, right? There's no fucking way. And now I found out that there is no way. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Don't I'm, try- I'm trying to find the games coming out this new and upcoming games, maybe. Why is Met- I feel like Metacritic's redesigned and I don't like it. It did get a redesign. Oh god, it's so horrible. <laughs> um Okay. PS5. Um Why do I uh, I guess it's okay. Okay. I didn't even know this other game's coming out. Um Oh god, that's massive. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> that's still pretty big, but it'll do. Lies wow. of P. Oh, okay. That's well, one game. that already got reviews, dude. Oh, yeah. Damn it. Uh, Sonic Superstars. Wait, that's October. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, now that's the pack. Um, Payday 3. Has that got reviews? Restone nope. cancelled? They're not out? Is Payday 3 not coming out now? I'm really confused. No, it's coming out October 18th. Oh, October. Okay, never mind. Why is Metacritic? Oh, September eighteenth. Sorry. No, September Okay. 18th. It's just because Metacritic says released on cancelled, so um, that's why I got confused. Payday uh, yeah, three comes out tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, I didn't know it was coming out tomorrow, but I was going to say I didn't think it was that long. Okay. And I think uh, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty uh, embargo is also next week. Uh. Will that actually get reviews though? No, no, that's next. Is that next week's embargo? Because to get it's not out until the twenty sixth. I think the game is embargoed next week. Well, we'll put the massive inf- the massive text in the document, and we'll we'll do that. Um, well, if not, I don't we'll think move it over to the next one. Yeah, uh, and I think that's about it. <laughs> I don't, I don't think many of these will... Oh, no, that might. Actually, no. Oh, no, that's Switch. Is it? Is it on PlayStation? What is it? Harvest Moon, The Winds of Anthos. This is why Metacritic's um, bad. Because uh, I have... Gloomhaven might get some review, reviews. I, I have clicked PlayStation 5. Oh, it's already got reviews. Gloomhaven? On the PS5? I know it's been out on PC for a while. It won't let me... S- <sighs> Metacritic, I have selected platforms, PS5, I click Gloomhaven PS5, and it takes me to PC, and then it won't let me switch to um, the PS5 version. I know it says to be determined, but it won't let me switch over. I did not select PC. I have selected PS5. Why? Why? By the way, next year we're moving to Open Critic. <laughs> yes. At this point, anything's better. We could go to Gary Critic and it would still be more legit than 
and then then this. Where the only review is a garage review, so he gets he wins by default, but still more honest than Metacritic. I just I would just go with those two games, man. Payday and Gloomhaven. And Cyberpunk. Yes. Sorry. Gary. Yes. Payday three. Sixty-eight. Alfonso. I'm gonna go with seventy. I am gonna go with sixty-three. By the way, Starfield, if we'd went now, I would have won because it's 84. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, just because my friend is so hyped for it, I'm going to give it an 89. Gary? Uh, 86. And Alfonso? I'm going 84. By the way, uh, Idris Elba got told that. Um, People are probably going to make mods of him. And then he's like, you can have sex with the mods, right? And then looks at the camera with a smirk. So he knows. <laughs> That's why he did it, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, know, he knows where he went into. Alfonso, Gloomhaven. Uh, 73. Uh, I don't know anything about this game. I'm going to go with 77. Gary. Uh, I'm going to go with a cool 80. So, uh, if, if, if you want to know, Ben, Gloomhaven is based on what's considered to be the best uh, fantasy uh, board game on the market right now. Ah. It's really fucking fun to play. <laughs> nice. So, that's the end of this week's PlayStation Unchained. It's been a very long episode. Hopefully, everyone's enjoyed it. Thank you to Gary for all the information about uh, Fantasy 7 Rebirth. We're excited to I'm excited to play that next year. Uh, shout outs and how can they find you, Gary? Uh, shout out to you guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to be back after a long hiatus, I would assume. It's always a long hiatus when we miss a week. <laughs> um, shout out to all the listeners. Thank you for listening. Um, shout out to Square Enix. Thank you again for the letting me try Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I was super stoked when I got that invitation. Um, one of my most anticipated games now after I've played it. I know I've been given a lot of shit to it, according to Ben and Tim, but me giving a lot of shit is mostly because of the changes to the story. Uh, still love the game. So, that's about it. Alfonso, shout outs and how can they find you? Shout out to you guys as always. It's good to be back. Um, shout out to all the listeners. Uh, thank you, Gary, for giving us your feedback on Rebirth. I look forward to playing it when it's released. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on X at Alishine7. Nice. And I am Chili. You can find me over on Twitch.tv and Moogle Ground Radio, where we're currently playing through Baldur's Gate 3, where um, Ribbo Flavian, the, the halfling monk, is trying to be the bestest boy, but keeps to walk into trouble by accident. Um, so yeah, go check it. And you can find me on MG underscore Chili on Twitter. Um, thank you everyone for listening thank you all have a wonderful night and a wonderful time zone and we'll see you next week where we'll probably talk more about Fantasy 7 not going to lie and other stuff there's a load of other stuff we didn't talk about but mostly Fantasy 7 anyway bye 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 bye
Goodbye.